Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. What is going on, Orange Nation? Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Tyler Anki got you locked here on the voice of the central New York sports fan until 10 o'clock this morning. We've got a jam-packed show today, a lot of recruiting talk, some Syracuse players and targets moving inside the ESPN 100, some big stuff there, I'll get to that in just a second. We've also got some football recruiting talk, Syracuse went on a haul last weekend, I'll break all of that down and more, and then we're going to talk to one of those recruits, Anthony Red, coming up in the third segment of this show today, so that'll be a treat for all of you who want a little bit of insight on what's going on in the recruiting front, inside the minds of one of Dino Baber's class of 2019 commits. But first, be sure to follow us everywhere online, orangefizz.net, also on Twitter, Facebook, at orangefizz, and be sure to subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast Center and drop a five-star rating as well, orangefizz. Also on SoundCloud if you want more Fizz Radio episodes or if you miss any other show today. Maybe you're taking the kid to a soccer game or baseball game, whatever you're off doing on in the summer and you miss a part of the episode. It's okay. Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud has you covered. Alright, so big news for Syracuse Basketball's class of 2019. Bryson Goodine. Moving up all the way to number 64 in the latest rankings. Wasn't even ranked previously, and I believe he was outside the top 150 on 24-7 sports. He's shot up the charts, and you can thank the AAU circuit. He has been unbelievable so far, and he's going into Peach Jam, which is that final step of the Nike EYBL circuit. He's averaging almost 20 points per game, shooting almost 40% from three. He's been lights out. And I've said this before, and I said this about Joe Girard too. Bryson Goodine is going to move up these rankings. And I think this is this is just how Syracuse likes to recruit. They're going to go after some of those under-the-radar guys. You look at last year's class, I mean, think about it. If you had to go back and reclassify all the freshmen that came in, O'Shea Brissett and Marek Dolezal are both top 100 guys, no doubt about it. Last year, in the all the rankings, all were outside the top 100. Now, granted, there's probably some good reasoning behind that, because O'Shea Brissett played in Canada, Marek Dolezal was not even close to the United States, he was across the pond, he wasn't on the continental North America, so that kind of puts you under the radar as a recruit. But... If you had to reclassify, or if you had to re-rank all of these guys, O'Shea Brissett is a top 50, and and that's conservative. Mark Dolezal, probably a top 80, I'd say. And and again, both of those figures, I'd say, are very conservative numbers. I think you could maybe bargain O'Shea Brissett down to top 40, top 30. Um, Of course, all of this is kind of a moot point because it seems like every single guy who is in that class of 2018 has already put his name into the 2018 NBA draft. And even if it meant they went undrafted, like Travon Duval and uh, a couple other guys, Brandon McCoy from UNLV, 
all those guys going undrafted and, and just kind of testing out the waters, and they don't care. They just want to go try to pick up an NBA check right away. They are embracing one-and-done culture while they still can. I'm seeing it. It's probably going to be gone by the 2020s at some point. So last chance for all you one-and-dones, last chance for Coach Cal to kind of glisten in the moonlight as the king of one-and-dones, even though Coach K has really come after that throne in recent years. But that's all beside the point. Again, if you had to re rank all these guys Syracuse has a bunch of top 100 guys who just didn't really get a chance necessarily to showcase their talents on these big AAU basketball circuits and it's because of where they played in Syracuse credit the coaching staff they went out and found some gems Mark Dolzhai is going to be one of the best role players in the ACC next year O'Shea Brissett's going to be a star he's going to be competing for an all ACC team he could be a lottery pick in 2019 that's how good this kid is and and talking with some Canadian basketball scouts they really like his game coming out of out of high school and said that he really didn't get to shine when he played in the United States because remember he played at Finley Prep out in Nevada for a while and that's a a famed prep school that's produced a, a bunch of NBA and high level college players but he played at Finley and he really had to play out of position. He was more of a four than a... Th- they put him at the four as opposed to the three, which is where he thrives and becomes an NBA prospect. Look what happens when Syracuse puts him at the three. He's phenomenal. He's one of the best players in the tournament. He's one of the best players on Syracuse throughout the postseason run. Without O'Shea Brissett, you're not going to the Sweet 16. He was absolutely lights out for the Orange in March. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the score 1260, talking some SU recruiting on the hoop side. We'll get to football on the other side of this first break. But so Bryson Goodine, all the way up to 64. In fact, he was actually 65. He's bumped up a spot since Tim Leonard wrote this article about Bryson Goodine moving all the way up the, the ladder. And he is just skyrocketing Syracuse, I think, Really doing a good job going out and finding this guy early on. Because imagine now, he's exploding on the AAU circuit. Now, he still can technically back out of his commitment and reopen things if some other coaches start to try poaching him. Because verbal commitments aren't official until a national letter of intent is signed, which isn't until the fall. So, Syracuse still has to hold on a little longer. And even when that national letter of intent is signed, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a done deal. If you just look at Mr. Baisley, who who broke Orange fans' hearts last March. But that's beside the point. I don't think we're going to see anything quite like that uh, come back and bite the Orange in the next couple of months. Hopefully. Fingers crossed on that. But good I'm playing well. And Syracuse did a great job going out and finding someone who, who could really fit their mold and is going to be a lights-out shooter for this team. I mentioned the stat already, 38% from three. All right, I know there's going to be a little difference going from high school to college. AAU, they don't really play defense. That's kind of, of ruining college basketball for all, all the old-timers. But Bryson Goodine, I think, is going to be a hell of a player for Syracuse down the line in 2019-2020. Looking at some of the other players that Syracuse has an eye on in this class of 2019 and see where they wound up Uh, a couple of big jumpers that I want to point out and two that really come to mind I talked at length last week about Joe Girard he's all the way up to 90 when Tim Leonard wrote this article I think he's actually jumped up a couple of spots if I double check he's up one spot 
to 89. I wonder if someone at the top just dropped out of the rankings or something like that. But Joe Girard's up to 89. He picks up that fourth star. Again, I, I said this too. Joe Girard is going to pick up a fourth star at some point. You average 50 points a game in high school. I don't care who you're playing against. If you're in the middle of nowhere, New York, in Glens Falls, or if you're playing in, in Chicago, in New Jersey, in New York, in L.A., I don't care if you're averaging 50 points a game. That's impressive. That is unbelievable. And, and you're doing it as a junior. So you're playing against guys that are older than you, and you're putting up half a century every single game. That is lights out. And now he's starting to garner this attention, but Syracuse, he's they're in that final six. So Joe Girard's going to certainly be an interesting case down the line. And I mentioned this last week too. He's going to try to make that decision before his high school football season starts because he's a talented quarterback as well. So he wants to have his mind locked in on football and then transition into basketball down the line for his senior season. So we're probably going to see that decision before September 1st. So that's one to keep an eye out on. The other big one that I saw jump, Khalil Whitney, all the way up to number 14. He's a Roselle Catholic guy. Again, that if that name rings a bell, that's where Tyler Roberson went. Malachi Richardson spent some time there as well. So Syracuse has a little bit of a rapport there. And this would be a, a real get for Jim Beheim. Khalil Whitney, a five-star guy, small forward. He's long. He fits that mold. He's been blowing up on the AAU circuit, playing for the famed Mac Irvin Fire out of Chicago. He's from Chicago, moved to New Jersey. That's where he plays his high school ball. But if he if he develops and continues to move at this pace, I'm telling you, Khalil Whitney can be a star at the college level. And, and this is a guy, again, you're probably getting a one-year rental out of him. He's going to be a one-and-done type talent. But, hey, if you can get Khalil Whitney to come to Syracuse, that'd be a huge get. Another huge get would be Isaiah Stort. He's inside the top five. He's at number five right now. And I believe before this, he was at like nine or 11, somewhere in there. But he's all the way up to five. A Rochester guy playing at La Lumiere right now. That's in Indiana. That's a prep school. But Rochester, Syracuse was in his top 10. He's supposedly going to cut that list down even further down the line. And he also just got picked for Team USA as well. A center, six foot nine, one of the most talented players in the country. And I think that if Syracuse gets Isaiah Stewart, this is going to be the the biggest thing because I'll tell you what this kid can flat out ball he's kind of that bruiser down low like I mentioned he's not the biggest of centers 6'9 isn't gonna be blowing you away 6'9 6'10 is a little undersized for the center position 6'10 maybe not so much but 6'9 certainly is 245 pounds you're gonna bully some guys and to have that type of body ready for the ACC already when you go up against the Dukes the Carolinas and, and all this talent that you see night in and night out. You never know who's going to be the top dog in the ACC year to year. And you get a guy like Isaiah Stewart, you certainly have a great shot at moving your way to the top of that list. And hey, if Syracuse pulls in Isaiah Stewart, they're looking at a top 10 class in the class of 2019. With Bryson Goodine, and then potentially you get Joe Girard, and then you throw in Isaiah Stewart, that is a damn good class. That is a great class. I believe the last time Syracuse had three ESPN 100 guys was the class of 2015, which if you remember anything about that, 
That was the year Syracuse went to the Final Four. A couple more names to get to on this list. Jalen Leck, he's at 11. Wendell Moore at 18. Kofi Cockburn at 23. Just some other names out there. You don't necessarily know the status of them. Again, this is good. Just taking a look at some of the things here, it's looking like a big man heavy class. I mentioned Isaiah Stewart. He's a top five guy. A bunch of centers out here, so... We'll see how it all shapes up. And Syracuse is going to need some big guys because you look at that front court, a lot of pieces are going to be moving out. You're looking at just Barama Sidibe as a true center. And luckily for Syracuse, it looks like there's going to be some pretty good opportunities to retool at the center position. All right, coming up, we'll talk some football recruiting. Dino Babers brought back a haul last week. I'll tell you who's coming orange in 2019. This is Fizz Radio. All right, back here on the score 1260, this is Fizz Radio. Tyler Rocky in with you till 10 o'clock this Saturday morning. Hope you're having a great day out there in Land. Just wrapped up some Syracuse basketball recruiting talk. Joe Girard and Bryson Goodine all moving up the rankings. And Syracuse hoping to get that Joe Girard commitment, hoping to get that Isaiah Stewart commitment. But the big jumper, Bryson Goodine, all the way up to 64 on ESPN 100, so a year removed from Syracuse not landing a single player inside the top 100. They've already got one locked down in Bryson Goodine, so that's a great add to the class, and it's looking better and better as time moves on. So that that's a great sign of where this Syracuse basketball team is moving, and you got to think the Jim Beheim timeline certainly helping some of these recruits and, and luring them to central New York. And if you missed any of that, you want to go back and listen, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, the Apple Podcast Center, Orange Fizz. We upload all of our Fizz radio segments, our Fizzcast. Tim Leonard and I are going to Fizzcast next week. And then Jonathan Hoppy and I will be down at ACC Media Kickoff in Charlotte. So we'll be cranking out content by the day there, get you some great stuff. From Charlotte. That's Jonathan Hoppy's stomping ground. So he, he's got to show me a couple things out there. What to do in Charlotte. So that'll be a lot of fun. That's coming up in mid-July. July 18th, I believe, is the first day of that. So be on the lookout for that. So Dino Babers was just bringing guys in left and right. If you blink, you might have missed somebody. And a lot of 2019 guys. But also one 2018 guy I want to get to real quick. Dwayne Johnson, cornerback from Arizona Western College, Juco guy, and he's a top 10 cornerback amongst junior college players. He is in for 2018, so that's a nice little piece for Syracuse. At one point, he was a Virginia Tech commit, never ended up playing there, opted to go to junior college instead, played at H.D. Woodson High School in Washington, D.C. That's actually where Two Syracuse players in this class of 2018 played high school. Juan Wallace, who later went to IMG, and then Ed Hendricks, the uber-talented receiver. That's a guy who you really got to look out for amongst the freshmen. But as for Dwayne Johnson, he had a couple other offers out there. Mizzou, an SEC team. Arkansas, another SEC team. And then Iowa State, which is an up-and-coming Big 12 program. But this is a team right now in Syracuse that needs depth, that needs competition at the cornerback position. They're returning both their starters, Scoop Bradshaw, Christopher Frederick, both back. 
They struggled at times, but they also looked really good at times last year. So finding that consistency is going to be key. And I think adding a guy like Johnson to kind of amp up that practice competition and you have that third guy that you can rely on. Because again, you never know with injuries too. Scoop Bradshaw, we saw him in a sling at times last year. Uh, And so to have a fully healthy secondary at all times and be able to trust any of those guys you're putting out there on the field, that's going to be huge for Dino Babers because this is a big year for Syracuse football. You're starting to feel a little antsy. Four and eight, you're going to have a lot of very, very angry SU fans. Another four and eight season. You got to be looking at a bowl, just staring it in the eyes, at least compete for one. I think this year Syracuse needs to get to a bowl game or Dino Babers is really going to come under question. So along with Dwayne Johnson, Syracuse hauled in a couple of other 2019 guys. First, I'll start with Cornelius Nunn, another Florida guy. See, We've really seen Dino Babers kind of hammer that demographic, and why not? The most NFL pros come out of there, so you might as well go after the state that produces the most NFL pros. But Nunn, an athlete, he had some big-time offers. And we saw this last year with Nadarius Fagan where Dino Babers pulled a guy who had an offer from Alabama. Cornelius Nunn, same deal. Had Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Baylor, Miami. Also had some other ACC offers, Pitt, NC State, Boston College. I mean, this guy could be legit. And if Syracuse continues to kind of build up brick by brick with these guys who are getting the attention of the guys like a Nick Saban. I mean, those guys know how to recruit. (laughs) There's a reason they bring in five-star guys every year. There's a reason they have the number one class every year. If Syracuse can continue to get some of these guys that slip through the cracks and maybe say, "Eh, I don't think I'm going to get a lot of playing time down in Tuscaloosa. I'll go up to to Syracuse. I may never see green grass, but I'll, I'll get a lot of playing time and maybe build towards something great up in central New York. So Cornelius Nunn, an athlete, looks like he's going to play on the defensive side of the ball, but very versatile guy and someone that Syracuse should really have a foundation with defensively between him, Darius Fagan, again, both super talented guys, and Kingsley Jonathan as well, another one of those big-time guys who had some nice offers coming out of high school. Next one, Anthony Red. Uh, I'm going to save a little bit of this because we're going to actually talk to Anthony coming up in the next segment, but Bloomfield, Connecticut guy, offensive lineman, big guy, six foot five, almost 300 pounds, three-star lineman, so we'll talk to him coming up on the other side. I'll let him tell you what you need to know, but as I've been saying in the, in the weeks past, Syracuse needs to start retooling that offensive line because you're going to start losing a lot of guys in these coming years. And a lot of turnover on the offensive line. That's a, that's a group you want to be kind of stable and you can have them kind of come up together and then you, you end up starting together by about your junior season. Maybe sophomore if you're really good. Another Florida guy, Adrian Cole, a cornerback. We saw Dino really go after defense in this past week. He's not looking at those 4-4-40 wide receivers as much as you've seen in years past. But Adrian Cole... Cornerback out of Fort Lauderdale, and he was the fourth player on the defensive side alone to commit in this class. So we're seeing Dino really trying to ramp up that defensive side of the ball. I think he kind of got the note last year that 
this Syracuse team offensively, it really doesn't matter who you throw out there. We saw him pull a guy like Amba Etatawu off the grad transfer market who had, I believe, less than like 40 catches in his career before coming to Syracuse. And he was lights out. He was an All-American. And we've seen him go on the transfer market. He got a guy like Abdul Adams, a running back, former four-star guy. He got him from Oklahoma. He got Tristan Jackson, a four-star wide receiver, pulled him off the transfer market from Michigan State. Both those guys have to sit out a year. So maybe that's why Dino's not going as heavy on offense because he's got two studs coming in in that technical, I guess you could say, class of 2019 those guys are going to have two years of eligibility apiece, I believe. So maybe that's why we're seeing Dino go more towards the defensive side of the football. You're listening to Fizz Radio here on the Score 1260. Tyler Aki breaking down this class of 2019 Hall. Also a 2018 guy that I mentioned earlier, Dwayne Johnson, cornerback. He'll be joining this team this upcoming season. So Dino doing work in both 2018 and 2019 this past week. And it's really exciting times that when you see all the recruits start to rumble in brick by brick as well. Uh, Jeffrey Canton Arku, outside linebacker from Quebec. Again, we, we don't see a lot of Canadians, but if you're Syracuse, it's kind of a why not? Because Canada's right there. You're what, two hours from the border? And if you can find maybe one guy, two guys each year, if you can pluck the top guy from Canada every single year, then maybe you got something. It, it seems like football's getting a little bigger year by year in Canada. I mean, Johnny Manziel's playing in the CFL right now. It looks like the CFL is getting bigger and, and more people are going to kind of check out what football is up in Canada. And, and they're already used to physicality because it seems like everyone up there plays hockey as well. So... Why not try to put them off the skates and into cleats and see what they can do on the football side? But Jeffrey Canton, Arku, we'll see. Again, not much of a background available on him. So who knows what he's going to be. Syracuse has a couple other guys that are from Canada. Patrick Davis on the offensive line and Tyrell Richards, who's a linebacker. They're both from Canada. So we'll see. Again, we don't know much about Jeffrey Canton, Arku, so... That's just kind of a wait-and-see type of project that maybe Dino Babers can get his hands on him and, and figure something out. And then the last guy who I did not write about in my recruiting wrap-up, I actually kind of put in a disclaimer at the top. Like By the time you're reading this, Dino Babers probably picked up another guy. Well, he did. Luke Benson, tight end. And he's a guy who, again, the tight end position is one that's going to be a need in the coming years. We saw Syracuse go out and get Aaron Hackett a couple years ago. And then they picked up Ravion Pierce on the transfer market. And he's super talented. Ravion Pierce, again, if he wasn't a tight end, I would say he'd lead this team in receiving next year. But he is a tight end. We don't see the same usage. And, and they're not as utilized with the, the running gun offense. They're, you can't always have them on for every single play. And we've also seen Ravion Pierce have some pretty boneheaded penalties as well that gets him taken out of the games. So maybe Luke Benson picks up a thing or two from Ravion Pierce, ha- has everything between the ears all right, and, and he can go out there and be an effective piece for the Orange in 2019 and beyond. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to one of these recruits. Anthony Red's coming up on the other side. This is Biz Radio. 
Joined now by Anthony Red, recruit in the class of 2019 for Syracuse. Anthony, thanks so much for joining us today. First off, I just want to know, what makes Dino Babers such a great recruiter? Um, well, I can't do it with my family, which is really good to me. Um, so, um, that and, like, he was really down to earth. He was very serious about what he needed me out of me and grades-wise and stuff. So, I like him a good recruiter. And, and what made Syracuse kind of stand out over some of the other offers you had, like a UMass and a Buffalo among some of the others? You know, um, they have very good facilities, uh, uh, ACC. Um, it was just that I felt like I was like really like connected to the coaching staff, especially Coach Cavanaugh. Now, I, I want to get back to Dino Babers. It seems like he's got this charisma about him that a lot of these young guys really like. What is it about Dino Babers that makes him stand out? Um, he's old school, uh, which um, connected with my dad a lot because they both old school and stuff. So it was kind of cool, you know. What What do you mean by old school exactly? Like, yeah, throwbacks from like the eighties and seventies. You know, like, like you know, cars. He listens to like R and B, old R and B, Goldie stuff. I mean, he's a pretty cool guy. Mm-hmm. Um. So. One of the new things with the whole recruiting scene right now is this National Letter of Intent signing day. Uh, last year, they kind of experimented with it a little bit. Will you be signing your National Letter of Intent early in December, or are you going to try to wait it out until February? Um, I'm trying to go early, like mid year, so probably in December. Okay. And and what are some of the benefits to enrolling early and, and getting out a, a semester early of high school? Uh, well, you get to wait home early, you get to adjust to college life, you get to um, learn the place faster, and you get um, more used to uh, college life and being on your own. And is this something that more of the coaching staff maybe push you to do, or is this something that you personally wanted to do? I personally wanted to do this talking with Anthony Red here on Fizz Radio. Now, you attended a prospect camp a couple of weeks ago. What made the commitment so quick right after? Um, just, um, connecting with Coach Kavanaugh. Uh, he laid out what he wanted from me to before his college. Uh, he's a great coach. Um, he's a real big player. Him and Coach Ward, Coach Ward, uh, was um, talking to me, have you done my recruiting process? He did a lot for me. Um, those two guys are real key into my um, commitment. And what have the, the coaching staff told you about what your role with the team is going to be? Um, they want me to come in and play tackle, you know, run the playbook, um, do what I got to do, be on the field. Now, you told me earlier in the week that you used to be on the defensive side of the ball and then you transitioned to offensive line. Is there any chance that we see you play defense at all? Um, You never know, to be honest. Yeah, because I heard um, you mentioned Coach Ward, too, and he works on the defensive side of the ball. Did he say yeah. anything to you about it? Um, When he actually somebody uh, showcases me, I did both sides of the ball. He was impressed on me on the defensive side of the ball. But they were looking at me for all things along. So, what would you tell Syracuse fans about your game? Um, I'm very athletic. I like up 
tempo offenses. Um, I'm I'm quick off the ball. Uh, I'm very physical. Um, I'm a hard worker. I, I'll get down tough. It doesn't matter to me. Football, football. Um, I'm very straight edge. I don't like to talk on the field sometimes. And I just got to do what I got to do. Yeah, you mentioned you're quick, athletic. That's something that's super important in Dino Babers, really up-tempo offense. And maybe that's one of the things that is a little more difficult for the the offensive lineman when you got to get to the line so quickly play to play. Uh, what are you looking forward to most about this up-tempo style of offense? Uh, just scoring the ball. So when you were on your visit at Syracuse, what was the coolest thing you saw on the campus during your time there? Um, the carrier dome. And what made it stand out so much? I mean, like, it's just, it's, I mean, I've been to other stages and stuff, but, like, the fact that it's an ear bubble and stuff, there's, like, a lot that goes into it. It's really cool. Now, you know that's not going to be around, I think, by the time you get to campus, and at least by the time you start really playing a lot, that they're going to change that entire roof. Yeah, it's still historic. And, you know, like, it's, it's a carrier dome. Like, everybody knows it for the air bubble. But, you know, um, at least I got to get to see it for once. Now, you, you've been inside that stadium, right? Correct? Yes. If you could make one change to it, what would you do? Would you get rid of the roof? Because it seems like football is one of those sports that really should be played outside. At least that's the way I view it. And I think that you guys can get a really nice home field advantage when you're used to playing in kind of the harsher conditions and maybe you play some of these other teams, like a Florida State or a Clemson that's not used to it, and then you get that addition. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's cool to play outside, but, like, I mean, like, it doesn't really matter to me. But, like, if it was, I, I feel like the carry them could be bigger. How much bigger? I know, like seventy thousand bigger. Seventy thousand. I think right now it's about forty-five, fifty thousand. Yeah. Yeah, like seventy-five thousand. What's the biggest stadium you've played in so far? Um, I've well, the biggest stadium I played in was like um, it was this high school um, uh, one back when I went to Blue High. It was seven. I think it fell around like ten thousand people, but it was like it was one for high school though. All right, so you're going to get a little bit of a step up from that when you go to college, even if it's not quite 70,000. 50,000 is about four or five times bigger. Talking with Anthony Red here on Fizz Radio, offensive lineman commit in the class of 2019. So how much did you know about the history of the Syracuse program before committing? Um, I knew the way I seen one there in And what was the coolest thing that maybe you learned about it during your, your brief stint on your visit? Uh, the 44 number. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal there. They, they mark it everywhere uh, on the field and everything. It's a really big deal. So looking ahead to your, your time at Syracuse, which ACC team are you most looking forward to playing against? Um, Clemson. Clemson? So did you watch the upset from last year? Were you watching that live? Game. Oh, well, you probably had your own game at that time because it was a Friday. Uh, no, um, Saturday night. 
Nah, I think I was watching a different game. I think I was watching Ohio State play. Okay. And so, have you seen kind of the, the Dino Babers speeches? He did it after Clemson, and he did it after Virginia Tech the year before. Have you seen those speeches on yeah, YouTube or something? Um, yeah, I've seen the speeches. Um, uh, actually, when I went there, they had the um, speech of him after the game, and like mid-game and before the game. Oh, so that's kind of the recruiting pitch to you guys, is showing kind of the Dino Babers character uh, when you guys win big games. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty interesting. I've never heard of a, a team doing anything like that. Um, so you're a guy. You're from Connecticut. Do you have any prior connections with any of the players currently on the team? Uh, I went to school at Russell Thompson Bishop. Mm-hmm. And, and so, have you talked to him at all about the transition from high school to playing at Syracuse? Um, yeah, I've spoken to him. Spoken. I've spoken to him about it. And what has he told you? Um, he said it's like just working out and stuff, getting used to it, um, living on your own. You know, you don't got your parents there all the time, and you can call them and stuff, and they they can come pick you up or like get you something. It's just like you just have to get used to it. So, did you guys play on the same team in high school? Yeah, yeah, we played. We both played at Bluff High. What was the coolest thing you ever saw Russell do on the field? Um, he snagged the ball. I think it was a one-hitter or two, and they catch him like three defenders, and like still stayed in bounds. Did he get two feet, or did he do the high school one foot? I think he got both feet in bounds. Wow! And our state championship game, he caught a one-handed up post corner. <laughs> wow, that's pretty insane. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I want to get to know you off the field a little bit. Now, Connecticut is kind of one of those in-between states. You're not New York. You're not Massachusetts. Um, so what teams do you root for? Because I've met people from Connecticut. Some go for the New York market. Some go for the Boston market. What are your teams? I'm, I'm actually a Lakers fan. You're a Laker fan. Okay. What about yeah, NFL? Like I'm a Patriots fan. Patriots. Okay. And then do you follow basketball or uh, rather baseball, hockey? At all? Um, baseball. Baseball. Uh, um, I'm, uh, we had a break. Yeah, I'm kind of all over. Oh, yeah. wow. So, so what drew you to those different teams? I mean, me personally, I mean, my dad's notes were his team, so, you know, I just went with it, even though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I used to play a little baseball like, when I was a little kid. I don't really keep up with it as much as I used to. Um, I, I love watching basketball games and and football, I'm always talking about the Patriots. You know, Patriots are the best team ever. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to deal with a lot of Patriots hate when you get to Syracuse. Yeah, I can deal with it. <laughs> I remember, I think it was the Super Bowl, there was a lot There was a lot of uh, a big divide between the Eagles. It was basically the Patriots fans and everyone else was rooting for the Eagles. Uh, yeah. So you're going to have to deal with that a lot. And I feel like there's yeah. not a lot of Connecticut or Massachusetts guys on the team, so you're really in the minority. I guess you can say that. Yeah. SU Class of 2019 offensive line commit Anthony Red joins me on the program right now talking his recruitment and commitment. Now, getting to know you a little more off the field, what are some of the things you like to do when you're not playing football? Uh, I like watching anime. Um, I like playing basketball. Like video games and stuff. So, all right, I got to ask you a little bit about each of those. Um, 
So you like playing basketball. You know, there's a lot of these, in the class of 2018, a lot of these guys are going to try to walk onto the basketball team. Is that something that's crossed your mind at all? Uh, no, I'm not that good. <laughs> so scale of 1 to 10, 10 being someone who could maybe get a college look, where would you rank? Um, like a 5. A 5? Like okay. A five, 5 or 6. Did, did you play at all in high school? Um, yeah, but it was, I really didn't take it serious. So, okay. honestly, it was, it was bad. All right. And, and now getting to the video game part, are you on the Fortnite craze? Of course. <laughs> well, I, I like PUBG better than Fortnite, but, you know. You like what uh, better than Fortnite? I, love PUBG, I like PUBG better than Fortnite, but it's okay. So so what makes that different? Um, I get to drive in PUBG, and it's like, it kind of seemed more realistic to me. All right. Well, well I... I know a little bit about Fortnite. I haven't really gotten into all these these battle royale type games, but uh, how many how many wins do you have on Fortnite? Um, I think I have like twelve solo wins. Twelve solo. Uh, like twenty duo. No, no, like that's pretty much all I say. I really played a lot of solo. I finished I finished a lot in the top ten, but like. I always thought I was just really mad, but when I hit that solo win, it, it's just like refreshing. So, but say it's you and you've got like a, a maybe five guys left. What's the key to getting the to being the last one standing? Um, you want to build your fort. You guys either want to build your fort, but you got to get the high ground on people. You got to be a good builder in the game because you just suck. If you're not a good builder, you're you're just trash. Like sometimes, and you gotta have good weapons. Like, like you have to have like a solid. Uh, you either need a pump, a uh, scar, or an SR or something. You need something to win. All right, Anthony. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And best of luck. All right, thanks. All right, that was Anthony Red, offensive lineman in the class of 2019. So his turn is coming up, and like he said, he's enrolling early. So he's going to be around for spring practices coming up in 2019. Coming up next, we've got Fizz Feedback. You're listening to Fizz Radio. All right, got to move real quick here through the last segment of Fizz Radio. We've got Fizz Feedback coming up. I'm Tyler Rocky with you here on The Score 1260. Threw some questions out on our Twitter, at OrangeFizz. Go give it a follow. And I take in the results of these polls I put out and give you my thoughts on what the pulse of Orange Nation is. So first off, I've got who will have more rushing yards in 2018. And I don't know how much time I'm going to have to get in depth with these, so I'll discuss some of them with Tim Leonard in the upcoming FizzCast. That's hopefully coming out next week. Um, who will have more rushing yards in 2018? Will it be Mo Neal or Dante Strickland? I agree with Fizz Nation here. They say Mo Neal, 54%. Dante Strickland with 46 Mo Neal just barely edged out Dante Strickland last year. He had about 10 less yards, but he did it on almost 40 less carries. And I think he's just going to get more opportunity. Again, more versatile, great pass catcher out of the backfield. So, Give the nod to Mo Neal in my book. I also think Markenzie Pierre might get in the mix a little bit, especially on goal line situations. Again, it's always tough for a freshman to kind of crack the rotation. So we'll see how the whole thing transpires if he picked up the blocking schemes from year to year. Taking a look at some of your comments, uh, Timothy Coyne says, hopefully they both get 1K apiece. Yeah, that'd be nice, but I don't think Syracuse is going to run the ball enough for them. Uh, Justin the Pilot says, Dungy, well, 
yes, Dungey's going to lead this team in rushing next year. I want to know Mo Neal or Dante Strickland. And Captain Patrick says Mo will have 1K. I, I don't know if there's a 1K runner. I just don't think there's the opportunity in this offense for you to have an 1,000-yard rusher. I think this is too pass-happy of an offense, and they kind of treat screens like run plays. We saw that with Irv Phillips. I think we'll see it with Nikeem Johnson this upcoming year where they just think that, oh, a screen pass is as good as a lateral. And some of those even go down as running plays when it's all said and done, so it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. But, yeah, I'm going Mo Neal. He's my pick to lead the Orange running backs in rushing. Again, I think Eric Dungy will be the one that has the most rushing yards when it's all said and done just because he uses his legs a lot. That's part of who he is. All right, that's all we've got for you today on Fizz Radio. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Enjoy your Saturday, Fizz Nation.